702 app. All right, then not so long ago, about an hour and 20 minutes ago, the markets in uh, South Africa here, the JSE closing positively, just over a third of a percent stronger, in fact, uh, closing at 67,089 points. Positivity for most indices as well then, uh, while, uh, of course, a few stocks ending out in the red, unfortunately, some of the Anglos going into some negativity, though. Peter Brook is a portfolio manager at Old Mutual Investment Group. As we get into this market commentary, it's all been about the Suez Canal, though, uh, with uh, with everything that sort of happened out on that side of the world. And one wonders whether there was really any any sort of movement. We're now sitting at a stage, Peter, where it's all okay. Things are mo- starting to move again. What we thought would be weeks happened in about six days. It's all cleared. Sorry, Arabina. Can you just repeat that? You broke up in the very first sentence. Ah, apologies there, Peter. So I was pretty much just talking about how it really is all been about the Suez Canal and just how that picture may influence trade and, uh, and, and things like oil. But it seems to be much ado about nothing. Six days later, we're all aboard and uh, everything's hunky-dory all over again. It's an extraordinary story, isn't it? So um, obviously good news. Uh, the longer it was blocked, the more sort of damage to trade. And really, the way it impacts markets is actually in very small degrees because it's around the global supply chain and the inability to deliver goods. Because I don't know if you've noticed, uh, if you go into a bike shop, you can't buy a bike anymore because they're missing one part. Um, cars are the same. They're, they're very fragile in terms of just missing one part in the supply chain. So for global profits, freeing up the Suez Canal is good news. Yeah, probably a bit of a storm in the teacup. If I was to look at today's stories, um, the flood, that, that's one of them. Um, but probably the biggest story is the Archegos debacle in the U.S. and then actually some quite important news from Norlis Nickel. Yeah, let's talk about the RGS uh, debacle then out in the United States and, and let's talk about the impact that then has on financial markets. Where exactly does it sit? The easiest way to think about this is think of a pool of sharks in a feeding frenzy, and that's basically banking in New York. And one shark got wounded, and then everyone surged in. So because Namura had to um, trigger some forced selling, that then Artigos was forced to keep on selling, and those shares fell in price, triggering more sales and creating a lot of liquidity and some quite big losses. So the two big losers appear to be um, Credit Suisse and Namira. And just to put this into perspective, their share prices, so Namira today in Japan is down 16%, while Credit Suisse is down just below 14%. And the losses combined for those two banks um, in terms of share price, in terms of market capitalization, is eight billion US dollars. So too early to tell what the actual losses to them from this transaction are, but the market has decided with an eight billion write-off. Sure. In terms of overall impact on the market, I think whenever you see these big liquidity events, you need to be a little bit nervous. But um, the truth is, with very very low interest rates, very strong fiscal stimulus. And generally, the banking system is in strong shape. If you think about the fact that they're not paying dividends, they're making profits, 
they are building very strong balance sheets. I would say the systemic risk is quite low. Is the market sort of getting used to some of these, shall we say, negative stock stories that we keep hearing of late? I mean, they just keep going on and on, right? And yes, fine, they don't lead necessarily to um, the, the complete closing off of those companies like they used to in the past. But it still is the bad news stories that the market keeps saying it shouldn't have. And yet they continue to happen anyway. And this fire sale is going to weigh somewhat, even on the hedge fund industry, which, of course, even earlier this year was perhaps a little bit hit as well. Yeah, at the moment, my inclination would be to say not that important. Um, obviously, when you, as things unfold, that can change. But, um, no, it's really, it only matters when there's low liquidity. And at the moment, liquidity is very strong. So I'm not too stressed about it. Mm. Okay. Overall, then, locally, we also enjoyed a, a third of a percent of gains. Then it's not necessarily risk on, though, is it? No. So interesting day in South Africa in that it was the banks that were quite strong. And then Bidvest. So very sort of local orientated names. You know, so last year, uh, on Friday, there was a very strong day in the market. And I would have probably expected a little bit more weakness. And the fact that our market held today, I think, is reasonably positive. A little bit of rotation away from resources. Um, and I think partially that's reflecting the fact that Norilus Nickel has got their, um, they've managed to solve their problem with water ingress into the mine. So Norilus Nickel is up 3.7% today. And then on the other side of it, the palladium price is down 5.4%. And our platinum shares are down around 2%. Your, your just general notion then around the fact that the tech stocks have now become perhaps no longer the flavor of the month, so to speak. Last year, they were all the rage. This year, perhaps going back into the value counters, is this sort of a sense of, of people saying to themselves, what goes up must come down at some stage? Or... Is there perhaps just a relief for now and a, and a pullback of sorts and perhaps the rally will, will begin again in earnest, considering that there are still stocks for the future, those tech counters? Yeah, I think it's a – I mean, that's a really critical question, Arabile. And um, the way I see it is tech had done very well, therefore you shouldn't be surprised to see it come off. The rest of the market have done very badly. Therefore, you shouldn't be surprised to see it recover. And if you look at the valuations of those, in terms of philosophy, valuation is important. But the most important factor is really about the improving environment. And the truth is, you know, if you were, let's give an example. You think of Tencent in gaming. In lockdown, you couldn't get a better environment. Everyone's trapped at home. No one can get out. You're spending a lot of time gaming. Now, as we get the vaccine coming through, we get a little bit of a recovery. You'll see the rest of the world pick up. So on a like-for-like basis, this will be a better environment for those companies that were laggard last year. And it will be a harder base for those companies that did well. And therefore, when you look at the valuation plus the fee, I think you've got a little bit more to run on the value or the cheap side, a little bit less, a little bit more pressure on the growth side. And specifically, I think that tech healthcare can underperform 
and some of those more cyclical financials can outperform for probably the next six months or so. Mm, sounds about right. Peter Brook, appreciate the time this evening. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Money Show, Portfolio Manager at Old Mutual Investment Group as we get into that market picture. It's half past six, though. Let's get your news headlines.